0: Well, thank you for joining us today in our Awakening Moments podcast. With Lori and I, we are just thrilled to spend this time with you. You know, we're just going to continue with our journal entry reading. And it's been a very personal journey last week and today. And Lori, I know you've got something to share, and we would (laughs) love for you to share your personal journal entry with us today. How do you feel about that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. I mean, even our conversation last week was so beautiful and so profound, and really, you know, God just unpacked some awakening moments you know, in us and through us, through that conversation. I loved it. And yeah, for sure. I, I both like would love to, but also <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you you know, you reread through and you're like, oh, okay, this is really personal. It's it really is. deep, right? Because even like what we're reading, we didn't prepare <laughs> to be read for anybody else. So this is kind of entering into a very personal and a very, you know, just emotional part of who we are as we're processing things with the Lord. And for me, journaling, um, looks a couple of different ways. I do have some physical journals that I handwrite write uh, sometimes, but I also um, spend almost every day working through different scriptures for the word that I sense the Lord giving me from the years. I'm kind of unstudying, uh, unpacking the word of God through that word and then just praying into like, what is God saying through that? So, um, you know, journaling looks a couple of different ways. Sometimes the Lord just speaks on something and I'll just start writing it down and other times um, i'm using my computer and kind of typing through different different things today This journal entry does come from my computer, but um, it wasn't associated with a a specific scripture. It did come out of some silence and solitude with the Lord that I just felt the Lord putting something on my heart. So I'll read through it and hopefully as I read through it, it's not too personal in the sense that it was only for me. Hopefully there is something for you as you're listening that maybe you can identify with navigating some of these aspects of what God was sort of putting his finger on. And I I have to tell you that As this kind of unfolded, which I did not realize that God was going to unfold as I just began to write and what the Lord was speaking to me, um, the Lord has done some really, really profound and beautiful healing steps that have kind of come from this place as he's sort of leading me in a new direction. And I guess it all does play back into the overarching word that he gave me for this year, which was, um, you know, you've gone around this mountain long enough. Mm -hmm. It's time to turn, turn northward. And it Mm -hmm. kind of plays into uh, one of the areas that God was speaking to my life about turning from so I'll read it straight out of the journal so this is unfiltered guys so please bear with me there's a trash bag inside of our hearts where all the dark stuff lives all the pain and brokenness um, the insecurities anxieties fears concerns stronghold the burdens the false yokes the doubts the unforgiveness the bitterness resentment hiddenness pride jealousy envy strife anger All of our sin, our pain, our brokenness goes into this garbage bag. For some of us, the garbage bag is full and overflowing, and we don't really care. In fact, we rummage through the bag daily, proudly pulling out things to use again and again. These things have become a part of us, and we've taken ownership of them, and the bag is almost like a toolkit of things that we have at our disposal. And when we're feeling pain, when we're feeling threatened, when we're feeling angry or afraid, we just grab whatever we need out of the bag and use it to protect ourselves. For others, the bag has just as much in it, but we've become master organizers and compressors. We've tried to clean up the trash that comes into the bag, wipe off the dust, the stains, the mess. We fold it and we stuff everything down into the bag, down to the very bottom, press it neat and flat. And we still use it when we need it, but it's so neat and organized and pressed down that it almost looks good. We figured out a way to make the trash, the brokenness, and the sin appear good, right, or even healthy. We're masters of deception. So long as we can fool ourselves into thinking that the trash won't harm us, we continue to use things from this bag as long as it serves us in some way. There are things that get so rooted into our identity that they become a part of who we are. They get so ingrained into our identity that it's hard to distinguish if they actually are good or bad or Are they just what they are? We accept them because they seem to work for us. They seem to serve our desires and our purposes, and they feel so natural that they couldn't possibly be bad for us. In order for something to root into our identity, we must take ownership of it, like a possession that we've bought, like it belongs to us. In the same way, we must possess it for it to root into us. The problem is that when it becomes a part of our identity, we no longer possess it it possesses us things that are rooted into our identity are not easily changed we cannot just decide that we do not we cannot just decide that we do not want to be that person anymore we must go through the process of breaking our agreement with that part of our identity we must return it to another owner for as long as i can remember i have fantasized about more time alone I imagine what it would be like to go on a vacation alone, to be stranded on a remote island alone. And in my fantasy, I'm thriving. I really enjoy my own presence. (laughs) I love being in my thoughts, dreaming, writing, planning, journaling, processing, healing, growing, thinking. I can live inside my head and I find it very enjoyable. I can transport myself in my mind anywhere and I find great satisfaction wherever I go. Sometimes this fantasy scares me because I know that I actually do not want to be alone in life. (laughs) I don't want a life that does not include people. I genuinely love people and I'm a people person. But even so, there's this space of hiddenness inside of me that longs to remain hidden. There is nowhere or no one safe in this world to trust with my innermost thoughts and feelings. So this longing to be alone is like a companion that is constantly affirming me to stay hidden, to withhold and protect my truest feelings and thoughts. It pulls me deep into my inner world and proves to me again and again that this is where I must stay. This is where it is safe and this is where I'm at the most peace. The irony of this companion is that I am actually never physically alone And when I say never, I literally mean never, (laughs) I never, and I've never really known what it is to be alone. I grew up in a large family with many people around all the time. I met my husband very young and we do everything together and I mean everything. He is my best friend and we've always done everything together. I have four kids and so my life has been full of people every minute of my life, every minute of the day. If I want alone time, I have to get up at 5 a.m. It's the only time I can find to actually be physically alone. And I love it. It's one of the most special times of my day. I love it so much, in fact, that when someone else wakes up, I feel a pang of sadness that my alone time is over. So despite the fact that I'm never physically alone, it seems that I have created an emotional world of aloneness where the only companions are me, myself, and I. And sometimes I will allow Jesus into that space. There's a part of my identity that says things like I'm just an internal processor. I don't really need to talk about my feelings. I am vulnerable in my own way. And these kinds of identity statements put more bricks into the wall of my heart, keeping my truest self protected from being vulnerable and known. When I think about my friendships, I can see that bonding comes through doing. Let's build something together. Let's do a project. Let's plan an event. Let's come together around a purpose. And this is how I best connect and bond all around doing not around being. Being in friendship is a foreign concept. It's like as I write it, I don't know how to do it. I can be there for somebody, but what does it mean for someone to be there for me? Yet even as I write these words, there's something hollow in them because I don't think it's actually possible to really be there for someone else if I cannot allow them to be there for me too. So there's a disconnect before we even begin. Just be. What does that really mean? Sure, Maybe I could give you an explanation, but to actually put it into practice in real time, I don't know what that looks like. And it looks like the most terrifying thing I can imagine. I would rather fail or look foolish than truly be vulnerable and known all the time. It's not even like I have something to hide. It's just that my inner world is mine and I don't want anyone else there. Is it a control thing? Do I need to feel in control of how I'm framing my thoughts and feelings? This year is about going on a climb, and perhaps it is the climb of my life, maybe the hardest thing I will ever do. Is it this? The journey of being truly known, a journey of my inner world, feelings, emotions, vulnerability, intimacy, where I believe there is something there that I have never truly experienced. I believe that there's a gift to behold, a power to tap into, a freedom and a joy and a depth of true love that maybe I've never known. Love cannot be fully expressed only one way, I cannot truly love you without allowing you to love me back i cannot truly love god unless i can be truly and fully known by his love for me and so as the lord sort of gave me this revelation and journal entry like since that time like i've tried to be more intentional to let people into that space but i realized that even as god sort of brought that to my attention And even this fantasy of, you know, wanting to be alone Mm. or looking for alone time or loving to be alone and loving time alone that I sort of created an emotional world. Like I am a bit on an island in my emotions, right? Like that I that I go to that place and I just kind of live in that place emotionally speaking. And so, yeah, it's been a pretty powerful and profound revelation. But. I, I don't think I'm necessarily alone in some of those feelings. You know, I think that some of those feelings, there's, yeah, just a place that God is deeply wooing every single one of us to, to being known by him and to knowing him mm-hmm. in a deep and intimate way. But it's, it's a scary journey. <laughs> wow. Well, Lori, thank you for sharing that. It's a scary journey. Just
0: even putting yourself out yeah, there. Yeah. This is a very intentional exercise, or even an intentional moment to be able to share something emotional.
1: Yeah, You brought us
0: to your island. You're kind of
1: opening yes. up. Come you're bringing in, a bridge. Come on to the island. <laughs> <laughs> We're parachuting in. Thank you very much. <laughs> Definitely my island is in the <laughs> tropics, and the sun is <laughs> shining, der, and there's a beach, der, and the ocean der, is there. So exactly. you're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> well, it is, honestly, I
0: just love how you even describe that. You know, you can have a very busy life, but we can create these emotional islands that are really I love that you said hidden and we enjoy the hiddenness of it. It kind of is like a real retreat away from everything around us, but it can become so dysfunctional. It become a place where we really are not known. We can, you know, really project what we desire for people to know. But in those places, it's a very vulnerable, authentic, deep place that we can just kind of have all by ourselves and let God there, but nobody else. But as God comes in, that's exactly what he does. He opens it up. And so I want to say thank you so much for opening up your heart in that journal because there's lots to unpack here. And I identify with that. I mean, <laughs> we laugh. We're, we're not in tune. And even I've spoken on a message about emotional our power of our emotions and I even open the message by saying like, this is actually not an easy space for me because like you, I can be really in touch with positive emotions or things that I can control or feel pleasant but as soon as it starts to get hard it starts to be negative or i just don't even know how to process it or it's really had an impact on me that i maybe don't know what to do with it yeah i just shove it down just shove it put it on the island i'll deal with it later (laughs) by myself i'll unpack it slowly but when i look at my island it's full of garbage and debris and I'm stuck there by myself unpacking it. And God never meant for us to do life alone. And I don't even just mean life. I mean the inner life that you yeah. I've come to give you life and give you abundantly. That life is internal. Yeah. And so we can choose to do life alone. Yeah. And uh, God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that for any of us to do it alone. And it really is a trusted place. We're not talking about opening it up to just anyone. But we're saying we, we do need to be intentional to let people into that space And I'm not speaking from someone who even has done this, still does, does (laughs) this. It's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no reason... Uh, you know there, there is a reason why the Bible is filled with language of family mm. like if God intended for him alone to be able to fulfill everything then he would have never get put us on the earth with other people like even Adam like if you think of the first creation like God himself said it's not good that he's alone like God could God fulfill everything absolutely but he saw this isn't actually the perfect picture yet he needed somebody to come alongside so even you know the walking out with our brothers and sisters like it, fellow people, it, true flesh and blood people in life, like it is part of the way God designed us to be and and flourishing for us. But it is a hard space because again, like I know that you know, you can't, you as my friend, you can't meet all my needs. So I can place an unhealthy expectation on like what you're gonna do for me, how you're gonna help me, how you're gonna support me through trials, da 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 but also too I can do the exact opposite of that right I can just withhold from you mm. protect myself keep you know myself hidden from you truly being able to know me truly being able to know you know the cries of my heart and what's really going on and then we're actually not experiencing the true life that you just spoke about you know the opening started with like this picture of the garbage the trash bag you know and as I was just kind of thinking about that you know we sing this song at church Um, I want to make room for you to do whatever you want to. And, you know, it probably this, this journal entry probably started as we started singing that song because I was sitting in church one day and I just had this, my mind kind of went off and I, I, I realized this really funny thing about myself that I love to organize things. So like when people like, let's say my storage room In my storage room, you know, and maybe I don't know if everybody's like this, but over time you kind of just putting bins of stuff and it's in the middle of the floor. And then after a couple months you go down, you organize all the things, put it all away. And I love to organize my junk. Like I just (laughs) love to organize it. And why do I do it? Because I need to make room for other junk. (laughs) it's not I don't love as much to get rid of things like even we did some cleanup of our my girls rooms and I said to them okay you guys have to get rid of some things like you're keeping too many things and then I said to them but listen if you can't part with it yet they're very they're nostalgic hoarders okay they're not hoarders but they (laughs) love like if something has meaning to them if someone gave them something that like you know they love that person oh my gosh they're so funny they call themselves nostalgic hoarders so I'm like, okay, if you can't part with it, just put it in a bin. We'll put it into the basement. So I am I feel like I'm actually recreating this problem in my kids. And <laughs> that's another podcast for another <laughs> day. But, but yeah, so organize all this stuff just so that we can make room to put more stuff. And I, as I'm like singing this song, I'm like, no, that is not how it works. Like mm-hmm. I can take all of my junk that I've got inside that I'm holding on to all of this like Hiddenness, and I can like pretty it up and I can even spiritualize it and I can mm-hmm. say, well, you know, like I, whatever, right? Like I can make it sound so spiritual and I just take all my problems to God and you know, God is my source and like I can make it sound, but really all I'm doing is I'm just reinforcing this, like, oh, this space that like God is saying, I have something more for you. Like I have something, but you've got to get rid of that so that I can pour wow. it in. You've, you, you can't just fold it up and clean it off and like make it look pretty and actually make it sound like it's so spiritual and like it's so good like we can justify anything and we're such master justifiers and so as I was like processing even singing this worship song and seeing how I am in the natural and how I do this I was like oh lord like how many times have I done this even in my own emotions and my own spirit and my own heart have I just tried to make things work that god says no i have something better but it's completely different and you got to get rid like you got to make room by getting rid of that like that's got to go that is honestly that is so
0: profound even that visual of making room of reorganizing to make more room for more stuff no god's (laughs) saying i want you to empty it all out and i'm going to actually I'm going to place myself in there and give you something new. We're going to totally redecorate and purge and get rid of all the old. Like it's done. And you know, even in seasons, what was really great in some seasons, they've outlasted that season, but we pull it into the next season because we've become emotionally dependent on it. And I, you know, you're even just speaking about an island, you know, we've talked about our alone time with the Lord. And I mean, that is very important. We're not talking here about (laughs) that. You always spend time with Jesus with everybody. Like (laughs) there's seasons where yes, you have groups, but I do have my own intimate time with God. And that's very important to navigate that. But there was a time where I felt like the Lord was shifting me out of a way I was having my time with God. And I was fighting with him on it. And we used to call, you've heard me talk about the beach house. And it was a visual. And I would go there with God and it was incredible. And I felt like God closed up the beach house. And I really struggled with it. But in that season of my life, there was some healing. There were things that God was speaking to me and doing deep in my spirit to prepare me for the season now. But I, I don't want to move to the season. I want to stay in that season. I want to stay with how things were happening, what was happening. It could even be as, for some of you, it could be how church was done. Whatever. Just you fill in the blank. That was working. It felt good. God was speaking. And it was profound. But God has changed the scenario. He's changed the season. And I can hold on to that. And say, well, I just want it to be like that. Or that's how I felt. This is what makes me feel good. This is what makes me feel close to God. Instead of God saying, will you trust me to let go of that, to completely remove that season? It had its season. It did the work that I had for it to do. But I have something new have something fresh for you. And that's the making room. I love how you're talking about that. For me, it was a season. I now have a different landscape, a completely different landscape. And God's like, I have something new for you. I don't always behold, I'm doing something new. He doesn't stay in the old. He shows us from the old that if he was faithful to do that and to flourish a season internally in our lives and to heal, he'll be faithful in this new season to do the same thing. In a different way, though, in the way that only he can do. But we have to literally let go of an old, purge out the whole room and say, "Okay, God, new landscape, new look, new season. But I'm going to pull from the old because what you've taught me, you are the God yesterday, today and forever. You've taught me lessons that I pull into this new season to trust you. But it can look so different. But it can be hard to let go of the old. It can be hard to let go of things, sentimental things, sentimental seasons, sentimental ways of how we've done things and to embrace something new. But that's exactly what God's doing. He's doing, will you behold me? Not behold a season. Behold me. I'm in this room. I was in the, the last room. I'm in this room now. So look to me. Don't look at the room. Don't look at the circumstance. Don't look at your stuff. Look to me and trust me that what I'm going to do is going to be exactly what you need right
1: now. But you got to be willing to let go of the stuff, the season, the stuff, the landscape. You got to be willing. Exactly. And part of what the Lord was yeah. speaking, you know, even as I, I was processing that that's word was powerful. was about our identities too. Wow. Like what old identities wow. are we holding on to? And I think you mentioned something really profound in the message this week as well um, about this, but this idea that when we lock ourselves in and we say, well, that's just the way I am. Like this is just the way i am about anything mm. about what like what we're actually doing is like we're possessing an aspect of our identity like we're, we're a- attaching ourselves, like taking ownership of this aspect of our identity. And I think we do that because we th- we see it as neutral. But what if what if the things that we're actually holding on to, like again, mine in this one, for example, was, well, I'm just an internal processor. Like that's just who I am. And I, I've said that for years. I've literally said that to so many people. And I've, I've attached an identity to that phrase and to that line, believing that, actually believing that that was a good thing. You know what I mean? Like my problems are not anybody else's. Like I don't want to burden anybody with my problems. Uh, Thinking like this is a good thing and a good way to be Um, where God is saying like, Will you allow me to create a new identity of being known, of being vulnerable, of being known by me, of you knowing me, and of other, (laughs) of being known by others? Will you allow others into this space and will you process these things with other people? You know, because there's something I want to do in the midst of that, something powerful for you, but also for other people. So will you allow others into that space? And again, I think it makes you start to think about how many identity statements do we actually make about ourselves wow that is profound you know i'm just Hmm. well that's just the way i am you know oh i like you know um whatever i like to keep the house the the house has to be spotless it it just has to. it's just the way i've always been that way i you know you know when i'm afraid i it comes out as anger like and that's just the way i am like okay like okay and those things are true But is there a capital T truth that's greater than that identity Mm. that we need to listen for, that we need to be open for God to speak to? And are we willing to actually then say, okay, (laughs) I'll let go of that Mm. identity and let God replace that with a new identity of what it is that he has for me. And honestly, like this whole this whole process and this whole word kind of plays into the word that the Lord gave you. I hear it again and again and again about, you know, come to the table, but sit and linger at the table. Don't just take what you need. And I feel like, I feel like in that, even as I process this, it is a bit like we come to the table, we, we take what we need and we say things even to God, like, oh God, that's just the way I am. And we're just eating. We're just eating. We're just eating. God says, I want you to linger with me because I have something I want to I want to mm. share with you something else I want to show you and that's like where mm. the deeper work and the deeper intimacy is but if we just if we just take off there and we just settle for well that's just the way I am then okay like okay God's so gracious and m- merciful towards us but we are being robbed in that space as long as we're closed mm. to walking out something deeper that he's leading us in so I think it's an interesting question to think about and just to be aware of those identity statements what are we actually mm-hmm. saying when we say well that's just the way I am that's my awakening what are we moment attaching? today I what think are we this is an awakening
0: to? moment right here it really it really takes you back a couple steps to think what do I just say so quickly for myself I'd be like I'm not an overly emotional person Well, I actually feel things very deeply and that's probably why I stuff it so deep because I I feel it so intensely, like the emotions of everything around me that I just shove it. But how often I just say, "Oh, I'm not an emotional person. So what I'm doing is I'm closing myself off to God to do a deeper work instead of saying, I struggle with, I struggle, I feel so emotions so much. I struggle with articulating it. What if I just stopped and rephrased it? Like actually saw it in a way that sometimes you take pride in it interesting enough you take pride almost like you're better like i'm so much better because look i'm not falling apart i've got it exactly but what if i actually recognize that that's maybe like part of my dysfunction like what i actually take pride in like i'm so strong like i could totally carry a ton of weight well maybe that's a problem i'm so independent self-sufficient like if we actually took time to say okay god those things i take pride in like first off, I shouldn't take pride in anything, but the things that I actually boast about or feel
1: my identity is part of like a positive build me up. I'm strong. I'm this, I'm that. I can handle anything. I'm so resilient. I'm, you know, but really have you just prettied up your garbage? And called it's something else. Uh, pro- most likely, yes. Right? Oh, man. No, me too.
0: I know. Oh, my goodness. We're a work in progress. Eh? Just so you know, if you've come on this Awakening <laughs> podcast to be inspired. Be inspired <laughs> that we're all in
1: this together.
0: Oh, my goodness. But it really is this unfolding process of God saying, like, I am doing a new thing. But to be known by God is exactly what this looks like. It's this type of awareness to say, wow, as soon as I start to think that I've got this together and I take a little bit of pride in it, the identity, the, those identity pieces, even as you said that, I just felt like, oh my goodness, like I, even yesterday, I could think of a few things I said, I'm like, oh God, that's probably where you want me to go to be more known by you and by others to be more aware. So thank you for even saying that, even sharing this journal entry, because this is very profound this is transformative this is really spiritual stuff and the spiritual stuff is being known by God this is that's that's what it is being at the table and letting God
1: go right there it's so good I know and the other the other piece that was just so profoundly revelatory was you know uh, just how the Lord showed me this fantasy of loving to be alone Mm -hmm. and fantasizing about being alone all the time but really when I really really thought about it I actually don't, that's not actually what I want. I don't actually want to do life alone. I actually couldn't imagine like doing every aspect of my life, you know, alone and like feeling alone all the time. Like, it's like, it's like, because I am never alone, it's like the thing you think you want because you don't have it, but actually it, isn't the answer to what my heart longs for. And so even that revelation, and then the Lord sort of putting his finger on and saying, you, you, you are actually living this fantasy emotionally. Like you're on an Island emotionally, like you're, you're by yourself. And there is, you've, you've allowed nobody there. Like you've really allowed nobody there was like profoundly humbling because I realized, you know, these things that sometimes we say we think we want if we really think it through are those the things we really want and has God actually given us over to those things that we want in a way that maybe we're not aware of in my case yes I think God actually gave me over to this thing I thought I wanted and emotionally I created an island Mm. you know for just me myself sometimes God got to come and sometimes he didn't. Wow! right? And so I I, I think too, it's another space just to think about what are these things that we constantly say, if only, if only I want this, Uh, but, but is, is it actually that there's probably something deeper? It's probably not the external circumstance that you constantly think if this was the circumstance, I'd be happy. You probably would have the same discontent It would just manifest in a different way. So what is the deeper core Mm. of what you actually desire? And I think honestly, if I can strip the protective walls that I kind of have put up around my own inner world and my own emotions, I think it is to be known. Mm. I think it's actually the opposite of what I thought I wanted, mm. you know, of being on this island and seeing myself thriving and seeing myself just loving life Just alone. like survivor? Yeah, survivor. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly. The lone survivor. <laughs> the lone, lone survivor, survivor, you know? But, uh, but honestly, wow. no, like life wow. is meant to be lived out in community. And I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about your circumstantial position in life. Are you married? Do you have children? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not even talking about any of that. All of this actually supersedes because I think you could be single and you could be living a single life, but you could be emotionally available and open and vulnerable with people in your life and having that beautiful intimacy and exchange with God and others. This is not about the circumstance. And that's, I think, where the Lord sort of brought me through all these layers to like, I was sitting on the couch like with my jaw open like I never saw all of this within myself right so that's I think another question that we just need to ask like what are these things that we pray again and again and again and again and these things that we sort of recite in our mind like Like, I just felt such a conviction of like always wanting more time to myself, always. And my mind is constantly like looking for, and it's not that time alone is the problem, but I can get in a cycle or a trap mentally or emotionally that is actually not the real true core Mm. of what it is that my heart longs for and desires. So it really just feeds into the defenses that I've set up, the defensive kind of walls. So Oh, this is deep. This is so deep stuff. But there it comes again, right? Like you've wandered around this mountain long enough. Mm. It's time to turn northward, fix your eyes on me. I have something new, something different, but it is, it's going to require a purging, a letting go, a changing, like turning an actual turn from. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this has been an awakening moment for me. Like I've just been I've just been really
0: pondering all of a sudden, like thinking about different things in a totally different light. So thank you so much, Lori, for sharing that journal and also for impacting our lives, everyone who's listening and myself too. Like that, this is something definitely like a life-changing moment to start to reframe and to rethink through things that you have just allowed to control And actually to stop you from flourishing in being known by God and being known by others and living in a place of real community with God, communing with God and communing with others. So thank you for that. I love how you talked about going around the mountain, you know, exactly the table, you know, the father invites us to the table and this is the grace of the father that he provides all that we need every single day. And even if we just take dine and dash, it's his grace and the love of the father that this is who he is. This is what he does. He does. However, the abundance is exactly what we've been talking about today, coming and lingering at the table and being known by God and allowing him to reveal to us where things are stopping us from having life, really having life. And it's not in those quick grabs. It's not in the quick pleasure. It's not in the quick need and exchange. It's actually in that exchange of intimacy with him. And so may you find that abundant place. And even as we've talked today, May God, I know the Holy Spirit, as you ask him, show us, show me where I have created, you know, these identity, these false identity pieces that have been dysfunctional. Where am I in an emotional island? What am I doing that's really moving me away from intimacy with you, God, and intimacy with others? And so these are really beautiful questions. And as you're at the Father's table, he'll be faithful to show you. But linger and stay and
1: wait and wait and write them down. And he's going to show you the way. So good. I love that. Well, thank you for spending some time with us today. It's been just such, such, such a joy. Thank you for listening to my (laughs) very uh, personal and raw journal entry, but I hope that there have been some awakening moments for you as well as you just process your own life and your own, um, defense mechanisms, your own ways of thinking, your own identities, things that you've kind of attached yourself to and just said like, this is just the way I am. And you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be. And you know, the Lord is so faithful. He'll lead you and he'll guide you through what it is that he wants to put his finger on, just very gently. And one thing at a time, you know, I know for sometimes for some of us, it can feel overwhelming because it's like, Oh my goodness, I have so much work to do. And, you know, we get this whole lifetime to flesh out, you know, the working out of our salvation. So that's such a beautiful part of the, just the grace and the tenderness and the mercy of God. It's His kindness that leads us to repentance, you know, and that I just love that about him. He truly loves us so much and he truly loves you so, 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 so much. So even as you hear this today and as God begins to just put his finger on, you know, parts of maybe things you've attached yourself to for your whole life, maybe even since childhood, you know, just let him gently lead you on the journey. And he will, he will, because he does have something new for you today. So again, you don't have to keep going around the same mountain again and again and again and again. You can turn, turn and fix your eyes on Jesus and let him lead you. And he will. He's so faithful to do so.